gives you over to what you want that is outside of God's best and his wisdom and his perfection. You know what happens? It's fun for a season until it blossoms and then it devours you. That's what happens. The Bible doesn't say it's not fun for a season. The Bible's honest. Sin is pleasurable for a season until it comes to full blossom and then it completely disintegrates your life. God is not interested in robot followers. He doesn't force you to do anything you don't want to. In today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel reminds you that God will let you go your own way. You'll learn that the Bible is honest about the fact that sin can feel great for a while. But those good feelings don't last long. And as Pastor Daniel shares, there's always a fallout. Sin will eventually wreck life and leave you empty and hurting. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, as he continues his message, The Way of Wisdom. In verse 24, Because I have called you and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel, I would have and have, would have none of my rebuke. See, starting in verse 24, we move to the second thing, the rejection of wisdom. The rejection of wisdom. See, wisdom is calling out, and now all of a sudden we see not everybody heeds the wisdom that is calling out to us and saying, come on, just turn and let me bestow and bless you with wisdom. Oftentimes there is the rejection of wisdom. I've called, but you refused. I stretched out my hand. And no one regarded. You disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. Now look at what it says. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Now, I don't know about you, it sounds like wisdom's got a little bit of an attitude problem. Isn't that what it sounds like? Wisdom's just like, oh, when when this all goes bad, I'm going to laugh at you. But notice what's going on here. I think this is important. And this is important for us because we live in a culture and a time that it's all about blaming somebody for our situation, right? It's like everything that goes on, it's always, it's that person's fault. They did that to me. It's like... And we learned that from Adam and Eve all the way back when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember, nobody wanted to own that calamity, right? Adam blamed Eve, really blamed God. We blamed God by giving him Eve, and Eve blamed the serpent, as I like to say, because there was no one else there, the serpent was left with the hot potato, you know what I mean? But if, like, everybody wants to blame something, and our culture is big on this, right? It's like, right now, it's like the political season is, is popping up. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to vote. You need to follow your heart and the Bible in your voting. It's all good. But so much of the entertainment of contemporary politics is about who are we going to blame for how bad everything is? 
right? And everybody's going to blame the last person, the other side of the aisle, depending on which program you listen to. Everyone gets blamed, right? And then you go on social media and everyone wants to blame somebody for something. And everything's about blame, 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 blame. And we can just look outward and look at all the blame that goes on. But then you look at your own heart. How much stuff do you blame people for? Oh, I wouldn't be this way if it wasn't for my spouse, my parents, my kids, my uncle's cousin's sister's brother or whatever, you know? It's like we have a tendency to want to blame. And in some ways, wisdom cries out. And when we don't listen to wisdom, it's like we want someone to blame about it. But really, when wisdom is inviting us and we experience what the Bible would call the principle of sowing and reaping, you can't really blame wisdom for what's going on. You guys know the principle of sowing and reaping, right? We talked about it in the end of the book of Galatians, that whatever you sow, that you will also reap. Whatever you invest in, that's what the harvest is going to be like. Let me give you an example. God's favorite meat, obviously, is bacon, right? (laughs) Now, bacon is mighty tasty. Can I get an amen? Can I get a preach it, Fusco? Go, 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 right? If you live on a diet of bacon, your life is going to probably be considerably shorter and be uh, embellished with lots of blood pressure medication. Right? If you keep sowing bacon, you're going to get a pig. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm not, not I, I like bacon just as much as the next bro. But like literally, if you, all you do is eat bacon, you, it's like, it's just not good for you. You keep putting that stuff in, you're going to get that out. Right? And if you put bacon in, even though you know you shouldn't, you keep putting it in, and you're like, I can't, you know, it's like the person, remember the people who sued McDonald's because they were overweight? It's like, come on. Did you really think the McChicken wasn't going to kill you? Come on. But that's, that's the world we live in. Oh, I've been living on McDonald's. I can't understand why I have high cholesterol. It's like, well, you've been living on McDonald's. It's like, what do you expect to happen? See, so wisdom, it sounds like wisdom's got an attitude problem, but like when wisdom is telling you not to do something and you choose to do it and you reap the consequences of it, it's not like wisdom's going to be like, oh, I feel so bad for you. Like, I mean, I can't believe that happens. Like, no, I've been telling you the entire time that if you do this, this is what happens. So I'm really not, I'm, I'm sad for you, but it's really like you did this to yourself. And that's one of those things that we don't like to hear. We don't like to hear that sometimes we just do this stuff to ourselves. And when we, when wisdom calls and you and I reject that wisdom, it's going to come home to roost at some point. Whatever you reject, at some point, that thing is going to blossom up. And, and it's not like wisdom's like, oh, you know, wisdom, this is your fault. Wisdom's like, look, I told you that this was going to happen. And I think too often we don't actually want to own our lives. We just want to find somebody to blame for the things that go on. It lacks any sort of honesty about who we are and the, and, and the fact that we were created in the image and likeness of God and able to make decisions. See, wisdom is stretching out her hand. She's calling to us, but we don't want it. We don't want the counsel. We will not hear the, the loving rebukes of wisdom for us to live a different type of life. And so when calamity happens, when terror comes, when the storm comes, when distress comes, it's because we would not listen to wisdom. And so you have to ask yourself, what aspects of the wisdom of God 
are you right now not listening to? It's calling out to you and you're rejecting it. You have to ask yourself that. What do you know you shouldn't be doing that you're choosing to do? That wisdom is saying, stop. And you're saying, no. See, what's interesting about the rejection of wisdom is that wisdom's desire is for your life and my life to be a blessing, to be a God thing, to be about the things that God desires. And wisdom invites us into this relationship with God. But oftentimes we say, you know what? No, I got my own thing, God. I want to do it my own way. So when we reject wisdom, we end up losing out on the life that God created us for. It's an, I remember a story. It's one of those like kind of teaching moment stories, the stories of wisdom, so to speak. There's a man, right? And he sits on a box and he begs for money. And he's been sitting on this box for years. And every time someone comes on, he's got his little spot there. He says, some change for the poor, some change for the poor. And people give him some change or people would walk right by. Whole time. And one day there was a a holy man who was walking on by. And the guy said, change for the poor, change for the poor. And the holy man stops. He says, are you looking for some money? Yeah. He's like, so what's in the box? And he's like, oh, you know, it's a box. I've been sitting on this thing for 20 years. This is where I sit. And, you know, I would love some money. Well, hey, you know, he didn't answer my question. What's in the box? Like, oh, there's nothing in the box. You know, like, whatever, you know. Got some money. And the guy leaves. And the holy man is just like, okay. And then a little while later, the man says, I wonder what's in the box. And he gets up off of his box that he sits on to beg for money, and he opens up, and it's a chest full of gold. For 20 years, he's been begging for money when he's been sitting on a treasure. I wonder how many of us, our lives are like that. See, we're going to get to it in Proverbs 4. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. See, your life... The circumstances you find yourself in are not the issues. Really, the issue is the battleground of your own heart. Because two people in the exact same situation, one of them feels broken by it, and another one sees it as God's opportunity. What's the difference? The heart. See, I think for many people, in rejecting God's wisdom, we've allowed the situations of our life to make us bitter, when really... God is utilizing situations and wisdom is calling us to say, look, I want to make you more like Jesus. In a disposable culture like ours, what we mostly do is we flee the hard things because we've decided that Christ-likeness should come easily when oftentimes Christ-likeness happens in the most profoundly uncomfortable situations. I wonder how many of us have pushed our life away and rejected it when that's really the treasure that we've been sitting on. Don't reject the wisdom of God. How often in your Bible does you read, it's God's will that you be angry, that you be grumpy, that you be bitter? Anybody got a verse? No. But we come by those emotions so easily, don't we? Could you notice the, the rejection of wisdom here? Look at what it says. Terror, distress, anguish, 
Those are not external things. Those are internal things. Those are heart things. And when you and I reject wisdom, our heart now loses the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So oftentimes we reject God's wisdom in our heart and it leaves us in a emotionally vulnerable place. But wisdom calls and often we reject. Look what it says in verse 28. Then they will call to me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and chose and did not choose to fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. These verses are scary. And really, in a parallel passage, The end of Romans chapter 1 speaks about the same thing. What it means is that when somebody rejects wisdom long enough, eventually God will give them over to what they want. Romans chapter 1 says the same thing, that when people will not honor God, then God's judgment on them will actually give them over to what they want. And in some ways, we're living that right now. We're living in a time when Our culture wants what it wants, and God is now like, okay, you can have it. And you know what the problem is? When God gives you over to what you want that is outside of God's best and his wisdom and his perfection, you know what happens? It's fun for a season until it blossoms, and then it devours you. That's what happens. The Bible doesn't say it's not fun for a season. The Bible's honest. Sin is pleasurable for a season until it comes to full blossom and then it completely disintegrates your life. And many of us have had that experience. I remember for me when I was growing up and my friends, we started becoming teenagers and everything and we started doing drugs. And in the beginning, it was all fun until it wasn't anymore. Until people started getting arrested, until people got addiction issues. It didn't, it began so fun. Oh, this is fun. We're having fun. Yeah. And then before you know it, it was eating us alive. That's what happened. I I had a friend who no doubt, I, I believe it with my whole heart, if he never started partying, he would have been in a major league pitcher. This kid was unhittable. I was his catcher. It was just unbelievable. We were 16, 17 years old. He's throwing 80 miles an hour. He's got four nasty pitches, right? He actually got drafted. He partied the whole summer, and he ended up out, out of baseball like six months later. It was all fun and games until you see all the untapped potential, all the things that we miss out on. See, the problem with rebellion against God is it's pleasurable for a moment, but it never stays there. I remember I was talking to a, a family member who had a very uh, bad cocaine problem. And I was talking, he's, you know, because he's like, you ever do that? I'm like, no, I never did that. It wasn't my thing, you know. And he's like, man, he's like, you did it one time. And you spent the rest of your life trying to make it feel the way it felt the first time. See, the problem with the perpetual rejection of the things of God is that at some point God gives you over to what you want and God's judgment is actually sending you on your own way and say, okay, go have it. Have at it. Go. How many of us are living that right now? Because I realize I'm talking to church right now. So I think there's some of you here, it's way out there. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're way off the rails and you need to come to Jesus. And you need to do it today. 
Because God's wisdom is that you get forgiven by him and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, you cannot ever dream of being the person that God created you to be. You need to come to Jesus. But listen, praise God. But for most of us here, you're Christians. And what that means is the, a lot of the really far out there stuff, maybe you don't do. But how many of us are rejecting God's wisdom in the little things? It's not the far out things, but it's like the bitterness, the judgmentalism, the the gossipiness, all that stuff. The things that when you do it one time, you feel God's check. You do it another time, you feel God's check. And then after time, you just give your, you just given over to it. You don't even feel a check anymore. Because sin is like leprosy. It slowly deadens the nerves. Rather than looking out, we need to look in. We need to say, Holy Spirit, shine your light on me. Where is there a rejection of God's wisdom that now I'm not even feeling convicted about doing that thing? I just do it. If that's you, you need to come back and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, soften my heart. Lord, my heart has gotten hard. I am given over to rebellion against you, and I've rejected your wisdom, Lord, and I want to come back. Make me fresh and new again. Notice this, verse 31, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with the full of their family. He's like, look, when you reject wisdom long enough, God gives you, you can have it all. It's like in the book of Numbers. Remember when they wanted quail in the desert? And he sent so much quail that it was literally, it was coming out their nose. They were gagging on it. In the Hebrew, kibroth hata avah, the graves of lust. They got what they wanted and it was literally choking them to death. That's what happens when God gives you over. But notice, verse 33, you guys know I love it when the butt is in the Bible. I love the butts of the Bible. So it's good. Write that down. The butts of the Bible are great. They are, because the but, it's a, you sinners, the but's a contrasting word. It's a word, it's this, but now here's the other side of the coin. See, the rejection of wisdom is bad, but, verse 33, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. That word secure literally means to be at ease. See, when you and I don't reject the wisdom of God, but we embrace it, now God places us, so to speak, on a lazy boy of comfort because we know that we are honoring the Lord in our lives. And it doesn't make us lazy. It's just a comfortable place to be. There is safety and there is security in the Lord when we heed his wisdom rather than reject his wisdom. Oftentimes, our peace of mind if our hearts are sensitive to the spirit, our peace of mind is a great indicator of how we're doing. Do you, know, you know the thing, no Jesus, no peace, you know, with the K-N-O-W and then no Jesus, N-O, Jesus, no peace. It's, it's a bumper. It's true, though. Not only is it personally in our relationship with God, but even as we're walking with Jesus, sometimes you just got to follow God's peace. You go to do something like, I don't have a peace about that. Why well, don't I have a peace about that? And God's doing the work. See, God wants us to be able to rest in him, to have our hope in him. Now, as we move into chapter two, we've already seen the call of wisdom and we've seen the rejection of wisdom. Now, as we move into chapter two, now we have the value of wisdom. The value of wisdom. We're gonna see this, this is powerful. The value of wisdom. Look what it says, chapter two, verse one. 
My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. This shows us the value of wisdom. Now notice first, in the beginning of this chapter, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, we're reminded again that the book of Proverbs records the loving father's wise counsel to his family. The idea is a loving dad's like, look, I love you and I want you to know this. And so it's a reminder that this is about God's heart of love for you and I who wants the best for us. Any parent just wants their kids to get it, right? Good, good information. The right things. I love it. You know, it says in, in, in one of John's letters, one of the smaller I love it when my children walk in what? The truth and be in health. It's a powerful thing. Any parent wants their kids to do good, to do well, to blossom. And the book of Proverbs and God's tweets, these, this wisdom is about the heart of God so that we would know which way. Now, the value of wisdom. First, I want you to notice how that value is, how that wisdom is derived. Things like if you treasure, if you receive my words, you receive it. You treasure my commands within you. That's Not only do you receive it, but you value it highly. You incline your ear to wisdom. You apply your heart to understanding. Notice, if you cry out, that speaks of a passionate request for discernment, and you lift up your voice for understanding. You're requesting understanding. And you seek her as silver, and you search for her as hidden treasure. Now, notice this. To attain wisdom requires a rigid discipline, and an intention for it. All those different verbs speaks of a whole life that is inclined to learn of God. I think too many of us, because we know that the Bible says we are saved by grace apart from works, we think that we're going to grow spiritually by osmosis. Like, I'm saved by grace, and so now I'm just going to sit here, and it's all going to happen. No, you need to get at it. Jesus is real. Today you learned that some people reject God's wisdom. Pastor Daniel shared that when you choose to live your life your own way, God will allow you to experience the consequences of that choice. You also discovered that people who follow God can reject God's wisdom in less obvious ways. Pastor Daniel challenged you to examine yourself and see if there are areas in your life your heart is numbed to God's wisdom for you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. 
Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400. And we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will lay out both the value of wisdom and its benefits. As you continue in this study of Proverbs, you'll find that like a loving parent, God wants what is best for you. He longs for you to do well in your life. Pastor Daniel will share that the ultimate value in wisdom is that it makes you see that you need the Lord. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called God's Tweets. Until then, may God bless.